Paper boy, paper boy, always getting paper boy. If you ain't making money, then you ain't a money maker boy. Oh, hello there. This is Bradley Martin with the Screener Squad, and I was just covering a song with a country flair. We'll be talking about season three of Atlanta, Donald Glover and Hiro Yumai's pet project that exploded with a tremendous success. Financially, critically, the audience loves it as well. So, season three, we have Earn still managing his cousin, the rapper Paperboy, with their friend Darius traveling across Europe on tour. And the show slowly becomes less about will Paperboy be successful and more about the hard hitting issues and topics that we see today but told in almost a surreal, absurdist, a lot of people are calling it like a Twin Peaks type of a presentation. With me to discuss this crazy, dark, very insightful series, I have someone who, of course, always has those papers, boy. Elliot is with us. Hey, hey. And he is the inventor of the invisible car. Never go to a gas station without it. Marco's with us. Ahoy, ahoy. So I watched this in Canada, actually, on Disney Plus, because <laughs> stars and Disney Plus have merged, and I get a lot of adult content on my Disney app because of that. The uh, first two seasons, I would say, are mostly about Earn finding his place not just as a human being, but as a human being with purpose in a country that cares more about... Uh, what monetary gain you can bring to its machine rather than what uh, dreams and personal art you can create and what men, women, people, cultures, creeds are willing to do to stay on top of that wild rat race. Season three, though, it seemed a lot more like an anthology than any other season since we have entire episodes without the crew. How did you guys feel about season three of Atlanta? Uh, I thought this was great. I thought this was pretty much another home run for me. Yeah. Um, the the first season was kind of what you'd expect if you heard the premise that Donald Glover was uh, doing a show about managing his rapper cousin. You know, And the show totally could have been just that kind of show of two guys rising to fame slowly with a bunch of sort of, um, you know, socioeconomic um, messaging thrown in. But Donald Glover and Hiro Mirai and Stephen Glover, his brother, who is actually also a big part of this behind the scenes, didn't want to do just that. They, they wanted to do a lot, lot, lot more. And this season, they're really sort of flexing those muscles. Um I think every other episode, starting with the first, is a um, doesn't feature any of the main cast. Those those are the really. I mean, it's 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 all surreal, but those ones are really where you get heavy doses of surrealism and and the dark comedy. And yeah, it's kind of like Twin Peaks, but it's it's um, you know, I mean, it's not supernatural at all. It's just right. very odd. It's uh, this universe has it. Obeys our physical laws more or less, but so much else about the sort of ways that humans interact with each other are sort of weird and off. And there's just, yeah, 
I loved it. I guess in in, in so many words, I loved it. <laughs> Marcos, how about you? So it's it's kind of weird because for most of this show, I've been watching Earn just kind of be an underdog, like kind of fuck up and uh, make it work in the industry. And then this third season is just a completely different type of show. It's almost an anthology. Like there's actually none of that this season. Like Earn has made it. Everything is okay. But now it's like, let's get a like surreal approach to so many different topics in life. Uh, so like the way black activism gets hijacked, uh, the way that uh, liberals don't really help or can't, or at least in this scenario, they point out and make a story of like, they're not always as helpful as they appear to be at first. They even have a school shooter kind of story without, I guess without innocent victims, which I guess is good given the current um, circumstances that we're in right now. But yeah, it's a whole bunch of really interesting stories, but just not... I, the only thing that I would say right off the bat is that you never know what you're going to get. Like, the the tone is all over... Not the tone, but the pacing is all over the place. Like, it does kind of end on the weirdest episode of the ten episodes that happened this season. Yeah, the format of storytelling actually reminded me a lot of Lovecraft Country. The book, I haven't seen the show... As of yet, I'm sure it's great, but the book was pretty much an anthology of gothic horror throughout American history. I think my favorite thing was the appropriation of um, creation and art by, uh, there's no other way to put it, charities. They're like hashtag, you know, something that a paper boy said. And he was so proud that he came up with it, and he was even getting into the idea of how it could actually help people. But then, you know, it's co-opted to sell shoes, essentially, to wealthy people. And it's hilarious, but wrong at the same time. There's not a lot of people who feel guilty about laughing about how stupid the world is. And I'm using umbrella terms here. But how do you think and why do you think, and I apologize in advance to both of you, because these are big essay film questions I'm asking. <laughs> But what is what is the Glovers here and Hiro Yumai and the cast, this wonderful cast do to make people not feel guilty, but instead think about what they just watched? This show does a lot. I mean, this season does a lot of um, presenting things in the most grandiose, surreal type way that you almost feel like uh, like you compared it to Lovecraft Country. I mean, that's apt. Comparing it to a robot chicken skit would also be apt. Like, there's just so many little weird moments that it's like, oh, we're we've left we've left reality, and now we're just going into a deeper meaning to say something deep. And some of it did go over my head. Like, I never understood what the fried hands were about. But other than that, like everything was just so. There's so many perfect episodes of television this season from this show. Like, as you see it as a standalone episode, it's like, oh, that was a great story. The symbolism was there. I felt for some reason, and this is going to sound like a negative, but it's not. Like, the show was only 28 minutes, but I felt like I watched the whole movie by the time it was over with the depth of storytelling that was going on. Yeah, I mean, so so many of these episodes go so many places, you know, just, just location to location. And yeah, writing a wave of... Um... Uh, tone within the episode but yeah i mean in a good way anthology series uh i would almost call this like a, a smorgasbord is what i'm thinking or like a like a like a meal you know where sort of every 
every main course is kind of um, punctuated by like a small appetizer, which are these sort of like um, aside episodes. I'm a white guy here, so I do think that there's yeah, probably same. stuff in the show that goes over <laughs> my head. I, 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 you know, I, I think that there's episodes in here that are intentionally written for white people to have a takeaway. You know, I mean, anyone can have a takeaway from any of these episodes, but there's um, like, like Tree to the De Bone, which was maybe my favorite episode of the season, and I actually recently rewatched it um, because I didn't quite capture everything the first time. And that's the one that's about, it's another aside, it's this um, couple that has a young son, and they're like a pretty well-off couple. They've got like a like a nice place in New York. Um, and their um, Trinidadian nanny dies, and they're invited to the funeral. And um, I'm just going to leave it at that, because the funeral itself is just so, it's, it's a one of the best parts of this season one of the best things i've seen on television in a while um and what happens with their son is so just so funny um while yeah kind of kind of making you think almost making you feel guilty but like the emotions in the show and sort of what it wants you to feel or take away are um they're kind of open-ended you know yeah uh, in a good way i think so yeah like treat of the bone is like remember the help what if we actually talked about the help, like actually <laughs> dug into what that story and that film could have been from the proper perspective? And I thought that was a brilliant episode as well. And I'll leave it at that. So many out of left field cameos in this yeah. season. Did those hit for you guys or? Yes. I don't even know <laughs> okay. if I caught them all. I, I don't think I like, did either. Yeah, I caught at least three. Oh, there's more than three. There's I mean, three in one episode alone. But uh, <laughs> uh, but they don't like draw a big amount of attention to themselves in a way that like The Simpsons would do it. When you know a cameo for The Simpsons, the first line of that character usually is, "Hi, I'm the celebrity they paid to be in this episode. How's everybody doing?" And this one, not so much. It's almost. The cameos ha- are not just real characters, but almost self-depreciating of what their lives are perceived to be by the viewer. And that's kind of hilarious. At least I thought so. My favorite cameo was in the episode where he ends up in like a canceled bar. A paperboy does. He's in the canceled bar and he meets a particular patron there <laughs> who's just visiting. And that conversation they have is an indictment of the person having the conversation with him. And I don't even know how to comprehend that. I, at first I was like, oh, yes, brilliant. Like I get with my monocle, I pretend I'm wearing. I'm like, hmm, very good. And then by the end of the conversation, I'm thinking, what? Was that just a really well-dressed, perfect double of that actor? Because it kind of sounds like he shit over his own life. And I loved it. Yeah, I love that one too. Yeah, that might have been my favorite. There's a there's one in Trinity to the Bone that's just it's not quite as insightful as the one <laughs> yeah. you're talking about, but it's just absolutely fucking hilarious. It's bonkers, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, and you're like, how did Donald Clever convince these guys to do some of these cuz they're yeah, they're they're really um yeah, it's really self-deprecating. Um incredible. A standout of season two was the Teddy Perkins episode. Do any of these episodes we saw in season three rise to that level for either of you two? Uh, I mean, like I said, there's a lot of perfect episodes. Uh, 
really when it starts off with the the story of the little kid that gets adopted i was like oh this is going to be a completely different season um and then so that one was really strong uh the only episode that i felt like that really didn't get too crazy about um well, it did get crazy because all these episodes get crazy, but didn't get like crazy surreal. Uh, the old man in the tree was one of my favorites. I guess the one that I love the most, despite saying that about those other two, is just the big payback. The whole idea of reparations taking seriously and then how it just kind of could have like look at it logistically. I was like, oh, like that is a really interesting episode. And then it's just it just becomes part of their life for a little bit. I don't know. I I feel like I need to rewatch that one again because that was at the beginning sure. of the season. Yeah. But I just remember watching it and it was just the monologue that the guy has by the pool. I was like, I wish a lot of people came to that realization. And it's not ham-fisted is what's so fascinating. Like any moment now, I expect like it to like jump some kind of shark since it's taking on so many topics, but it never goes into like Native American turned to camera with a tear going, why litter, you guys? So these characters actually do have hopes and dreams. We end season three with an incredible episode about um, Van, played by Zazie Beats. If the show ended here, that's kind of a perfect finale for what it's doing it it's not going to end here though we have more episodes coming any inkling of an idea of what they could possibly be about where these characters go how they get there yeah like what i i I don't know how it happened but this is such an open-ended show at the end of every episode it's insane well i mean the after credit scene that I didn't even know happened until I rewatched, I had to rewatch mm-hmm. the second episode, Same. uh, the last episode <laughs> to see if I've missed anything. Um, that's the guy from the pool. I didn't even pick up on that. Yes. I was like, yeah. Oh yeah. I was like, uh, I have no idea how all this is going to, but in. now that you know that, what does that mean? Exactly. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it actually raised more questions. It was one of those moments. Darius has always been my favorite character because I was not a funny kid growing up. I illusioned myself as a funny kid because I could quote so many sitcoms, so many Simpsons jokes. I wasn't actually funny at all. And Darius is perfect for that. His one-liners, his observations, incredible. This city is my Jesus. I've said that now. You know, I'm a hack. I admit it. But I love the way this character talks. Do you guys have particular favorite characters you'd like to discuss before we go into final thoughts? I mean, yeah, I mean, I kind of agree with you. It's Darius. Um, I mean, ever <laughs> since season one, I think he's been the standout character. And, you know, I think there's a reason that Lakeith Stanfield is kind of the standout star of the show outside of the already established Donald Glover. So, yeah, I mean, I mean and there's just so many more great lines with him this season. Um, him and Van visits some cult in one of the episodes and there's things that he's assuming and saying that, that are just hilarious. I'm, I'm not going to go into details, but <laughs> yeah. again, you know, I'm just so good. How about you, Marcos? I'm honestly a big fan of Ern, which is probably 
why I was a little sad that we didn't get we didn't actually get much earned. Even the episodes that center around the main cast, they I think you get more Dari- you do get more Darius episodes than Earn episodes by the end. Because there's just him trying to get the phone. And I like the really suave moment where he stands up for um, Van and then uh, is able to get a free hotel room. Like, it shows how far he came. But I don't know if we're going to get a lot more of him or just a lot more of these one-offs next season. It is kind of troubling because I really like Ern's story. But at the same time, it isn't because what we are getting is so good. So it's really hard to be kind of a nitpicky whiner about this show even since so much of that we're not getting what we want is great. What we are getting, what we don't know we want. I'm not going to word salad myself right now. Let's head into <laughs> our final thoughts. This, this season was made for yeah. word salads. Like, it's just hard to describe. <laughs> yeah. Carry that into your final thoughts, please, Marco. Um, so I would just advise everyone that it's like, hey, this is kind of an anthology. Um, this isn't like a normal season of Atlanta. I had a similar run-in with, um, I'm trying to remember the show on Netflix, Um uh, but it, that was with Aziz, where the last season, he's not even in it. Um, and it was kind of like that. Uh, but also, this is kind of like must-see television. Like, I do think a couple of the episodes, uh, especially, I don't think I want to say it, Rich Wigga, Poor Wigga, uh, that one might be a little bit over the top over, on what it's trying to say. But it's still, all these episodes are things that need to be said. Like, they're not... I haven't seen a lot of these arguments made on screen and then a lot of them made so artistically as this show was done. Like everything was carefully made. Um, would I'm going to give this like nine out of 10 gentrified restaurants. <laughs> Amazing. Elliot. You're right, Marco. It's a, a word salad. Definitely describes this show. It's hard to describe it. It's an anthology. It's um, kind of a series even the even the series, like uh, the ones all starring the main cast, are pretty fragmented in terms of storytelling. I mean, you could almost watch them out of order. Um, but man, I just love this show. It's just got great writing, and it's so unpredictable, really unpredictable. One of those shows that's on the forefront of television right now, and, and on the forefront of uh, storytelling. I yeah, I, I enjoyed every episode of this. I'm I'm hesitating to give this a ten out of ten, just because I I don't think it's that high but i am going to give it a nine and a half out of ten um uh grown-up boys from tribeca very nice it's such a trip my favorite thing about the show is that i could say a list of my favorite things about this kind of show and still act like it is in fact my favorite thing i've taken all meaning away from the word favorite when i discuss this show because i like so many things about it but i really enjoy how it can be for us uh, super pompous and did you know that this is considered cinema <laughs> and people who just want to laugh and have a good time can still enjoy this show any type of person can get something from this show no matter how you approach art or how you approach just wanting to kill some time or how you approach hey that guy was in community i think i'll watch his show it's great for that lakeith stanfield donald glover brian tyree henry zazie beats they're leading actors they should have their own projects whenever they want absolutely incredible 
performances, especially that final episode with Zezzy Beats. I was worried we weren't going to get much of Van other than uh, a through line she has where she just kind of pops up and is living a quote-unquote carefree life across Europe. And then the finale we get is so insane. Uh, I really want to watch this a lot and just soak it in. It's such a vibe. And honestly, because I'll be watching this type of show, you know, as a background comfort, probably for a very, very, very long time, I have to give this 10 out of 10, three week old baguettes. (laughs) So stay tuned for our upcoming review when the next season drops, whether it's season four or season three, part two, I haven't hashed out yet. And you know what? Th- this show is so subversive and interesting. My mind's thinking, is there a joke to that? Is is Donald making a joke? Are the Glovers making a joke about how TVs are ripped apart? Shows into two parts, even though it's just one season? I have to know. Why was that guy on that other guy's phone at the end? 